worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Tuesday. It's still summer. It's still summer 2023. Yeah, barely. Uh, barely. Especially this chilly, chilly morning. We're at like zero. Uh, uh, but uh, I don't know if you heard the story over the weekend that was a little warmer than today is. Uh, but there was a an incident with a flight, a Delta Airlines flight, Airbus A350. Uh, had to return to its place of uh, departure. That would be Atlanta. Friday nights. Yeah, because of an incident that happened on the plane. Now, don't think it was anything too scary, thankfully, thankfully. But a passenger did manage to cover the interior with diarrhea. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, that's pretty gross. Uh, Causing the pilots to actually cite a biohazard uh, to air traffic control. There's a clip and everything. A biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. Uh, can you even imagine? I, I do not. I do not have a similar story uh, when it comes to you know my uh, adventures in flying. Plenty of crying babies, a lot of coffers for sure, a couple farters, but no diarrhea. And I will tell you that a brand new nightmare has now been unlocked in my psyche. Thanks. Thanks for that world. We were up close and personal with uh, Captain Tractor and Trooper, as well as all the local support for the Sunday night uh, at Wood Buffalo Rib Fest. A lot of fun. I got to MC the night, which was so much fun. Got to make people love me by throwing T-shirts out into the crowd, uh, and uh, you know that's just about the only tactic that I have on that front. So that worked out fine for me. Uh, but a oh, crazy night, uh, re- really, really cool crowd right at the end there. As Trooper was taking the stage, people were losing their minds, freaking out, and just a really cool atmosphere. You know, the light show is just shining into the night and just a sea of faces. Beyond that, of course, there was the barbecue trucks and everything smells in the air. So cool. And I actually, uh, in the midst of it, like really in the thick of it, just moments before Captain Tractor was going to finish their set and I was going to have to jump up on stage and say farewell to them, but also, hey, stick around because Trooper's in like 20 minutes. Uh, I got a chance to chat with Trooper. Well, a couple of members of Trooper, that is, uh, Paul and Scott on keys and bass, respectively. Uh, That was very, 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 very cool for me. They were uh, some of the members of the the band that joined in the mid-90s and have been around since. The entire band, of course, inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Canadian uh, Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences earlier this very year. They're Hall of Famers now. They weren't in 2022, but uh, or the last time that they visited, which we got to talk about just a little bit. There's a very short video of our quick interview with Scott, Scott and Paul up on our social media, if you can even find us, that is, these days. But here's just a taste. It's a big crowd out there now. They're getting very excited for you. And I know that you guys were last here in 2019, I think, for Ribfest as well. Um, how was that for you? And you're excited to be back? Yeah, it was amazing. We were here with Kim Mitchell, and uh, there was a whole bunch of people out there just like there is right now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Looks really tangy and zesty. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's not all from the uh, the rib trucks, by the way, all that smoke out there. Uh, it's adding to the ambience of the light show that's going to be going on on stage, though, as well. So um, I, we play Trooper every single day right here on 100.5 Cruise FM. And I know that we got a bunch of listeners in the crowd. They're excited to 
have you guys. Um, have you been able to explore the town at all while you've been here this visit, or uh, you notice anything different? Yes, I've noticed that this town grows. I mean, every town grows, but this one's getting more of this Las Vegas kind of building thing with lights and things, and I like it. I like uh, a good light show. And the big, beautiful stadium. I <laughs> love the light shows of Fort McMurray. You're listening to the Steve Reed Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Time for some music news headlines. Over the weekend, there was a uh, interesting team-up. The first time it has happened since 2018, so five years ago, uh, the Foo Fighters and Billy Idol joined forces on stage. They actually covered a Sex Pistols track called Pretty Vacant. Um, of course, it was from 1977, and uh, it was a really, really interesting day out at the Snowmass uh, Labor Day Festival. Uh, Jazz Aspen is the location. Footage is online, of course, and as usual, the sound quality not quite there but if you're still curious definitely check it out sad news as well following in the news over the weekend that we were talking about earlier this morning about the loss of steve harwell of smash mouth now singer of Dreamweaver gary wright has died at the age of 80 he was also a big collaborator with uh, george harrison and uh, it was a long battle with uh, his health uh, taking a dive in recent years he had both parkinson's disease and onset dementia and of course the news was passed on by his son justin who confirmed to news outlets as promised, we're announcing the winner of the Refresh Your Gear contest. And uh, a lot of people texting in those photos of some gnarly stuff. In the end, though, we took a name out of the hats. We did a draw. And uh, on the phone line right now, I've kept her waiting uh, for a little bit here. <laughs> We've got our, our, our winner, Patty. Uh, and on behalf of somebody that you live with as well, uh, I've got good news for you. You're the winner. Your name came out of the hat for Refresh Your Gear. Wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so $500, uh, a gift card to Direct Workwear is now yours, courtesy of IUOE Local 955. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to the tweet that you sent us, because, uh, of course, we were asking people to send in the photos of this worn-out gear that needs refreshing. You said that your boyfriend's boots, uh, not only are they falling apart, which we can see the thing that we can't see though is the smell uh, can you yeah. can you describe it oh it's pungent <laughs> very pungent <laughs> it's one of those things where like as soon as he gets home you're like okay hey, great take those off but keep them outside yes <laughs> <laughs> well maybe you guys can figure that out now with an extra five hundred dollars from uh from the union oh my gosh thank you so much enjoy have a great time thanks to everybody who tried to enter to win the contest as well wednesday so uh, there's a mural festival that's going on in Edmonton. Uh, you know, not much of a, uh, a festival that's, I guess, too riveting to watch. It'd be certainly more interesting than just painting the wall the same color. They're going to put in, I guess, over the next two weeks or so, 10 new mur murals around Edmonton. And, you know, the last few times that I've visited and been around the downtown area and everything, you see a ton of them. You see a ton of them, and I love it. it I find it very interesting. And it takes up no space to just take a flat wall that already exists and add art to it. Um, have you seen our new one? Our new downtown mural. That's on the outside of the Salvation Army. Looks great. Makes me want more around the downtown area and beyond. Our own little festival. Yeah, you know, maybe. I thought we actually were down one. I thought we lost one. I was driving last week and I saw where that was. Uh, the, the big collage, the community collage mural at Kiam Park downtown. Saw that it was just a white wall, and I was like, well, "What? What happened? Did they paint it?" Uh, but no, I guess it's temporarily being moved, and then they're going to figure out what to do with the mural after that. The reason being, the uh, that small building on the corner of Franklin uh, and Morrison going to be getting torn down, like the old A and W beside it was. So Edmonton's getting ten murals. Whoop de doo! And you know, I hear you. I hear you. That's asking for a lot for our smaller downtown. I don't know if you know ten in a go. 
seems like a lot, but I am cheering for every new piece of public art that does show up around town. You know, as long as, asterisk, it's not another mister that barely missed. So we gotta have a limit somewhere. I was just talking about, uh, you know, new murals in town and the fact that one got moved sort of temporarily. It's a weird situation, but the building it was on is not going to be long for this world. It's the building at the corner of Franklin and Morrison. Uh, not right at the corner because there was an A&W there before. It's gone now. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The, the building, though, that white brick one that is there, uh, it has lots of memory for me. I mean, you know, people who've been in town for a while have known it uh, has uh, changed a lot, but it was uh, a, a video store growing up for a great many years. Video update, to be specific, though. I mean, you know, maybe the name changed a time or two. So many VHS movies rented from there. So many. The whole family. A lot of them. I was certainly too young to have been watching at the time, but you know, that's what older siblings are for. And uh, now, after being used for a whole pile of other reasons, most recently the Arctic Winter Games house, you know, uh, containing everything that was going on there, including the store, um, it's, it's going to be taken down. I don't know when exactly, I don't know what's going on. After all the VHS tapes were sold off, it, uh, you know, turned into other things, and now it's going to be turned into nothing. But, you know, then something new. And a tiny little bit of me, tiny little part, will be sad to see it go. But somehow, some way, I think we'll be able to live on. Hey Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. If, you know, you have a cool million dollars American to kick around, might be able to get your hands on some cool Americana. Uh, it's the Gibson Les Paul owned by Slash. His very first one, the Hunter Burst is the name of it. It's going up for auction, of course. Uh, that was played during the sessions as well as the live shows supporting their debut album, Appetite for Destruction. The very same. Um, and beautiful, beautiful guitar. If you've never seen the photos or don't recognize it, I mean, I encourage you, if you're a music, uh, you know, aficionado, take a look. It's absolutely gorgeous. Million dollars might be out of your price point, though. Maybe you'll be able to afford a brand new uh, Eurythmics songbook. They've got a 40th anniversary of their Sweet Dreams album coming up. UK and European tour has just been announced by Dave Stewart. In fact, for some of those shows, tickets have even gone on sale. And then, yeah, a huge box set sort of uh, songbook and uh, and more with all kinds of extras and unreleased stuff is going to be coming out as well. The tour will wrap up in November, uh, but I'm sure it'll also pick up in another location after that. They'll probably be adding a leg. And you too, speaking of performing, uh, they've got their Las Vegas Sphere shows coming up, but unfortunately they'll be having to perform without drummer Larry Mullen Jr. Uh, their first few shows without the resident drummer are going to be having to take place in September this month um, as he's just recovering from uh, surgery. It's pretty simple, pretty basic, but fans might be a little bit upset nonetheless. We are asking the big question earlier last hour. Did you save your parents' contacts in your phone as mom or dad or by their actual names? Of course, we like to ask the big question middle of the week, uh, asked way too early in the morning, but it's to get some brain cells working. So throw some, bra some brain cells at it <laughs> and check your phone out. Uh, I'm sure that you've got uh, first name, last name, because it seems to be the most common. This was a conversation I was having with some friends last night just online and just out of pure curiosity. Uh, how is it in your phone? For me... Uh, it's my, uh, you know, mom's cell phone is just in there as rents, but I'm pretty sure like their official, you know, work professional contact information is also first name, last name. So uh, I guess both is the answer. But uh, most people, I think, were on the first name, last name train. Some people said they had the pet names, the nicknames, you know, for uh, for mom and dad or, uh, you know, something sarcastic or, you know, like an identifier, which I find very funny for the mom or dad. You know, like if you've got like first name, last name and then mom in brackets, like, is that for you or is that for the person who stole your phone? <laughs> I don't understand it. But 
Hey, whatever makes sense to your brain. Uh, what's your answer? Another person told me that everybody in their phone is named after, you know, people from the same franchise. Basically, it's a theme. It's a theme. It's, I mean, take Game of Thrones, for instance. Every single one of the people in the phone would be some sort of GOT reference in their phone, as an example. I don't go that far. But maybe you do. Tell me. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. This is a good one. I, I, the internet is loving this. Question mark, another am I the asshole question mark from Reddit. Wife and husband. Husband is the one who's asking the question. They've got a daughter out of state going to college. And last year they missed a flight and had to take the one the next day. There was expense to the bank account and as well disappointment with daughter. Fast forward to the most recent incident, the one that it's really about, where they were connecting instead of a direct flight this time. So they're going to a bigger airport. They've got enough time to make the connection, but then the wife decides she wants to get some coffee. There's a cafe right beside the gate. That's not good enough. Got to be Starbucks. That's in another terminal at the airport. So it's going to take a little while and apparently took too long. She got her Starbucks, but she did not get on the flight. Here's the thing. He did. He's sitting at the gate. They're giving him that ultimatum. Of course, he's pleading with them saying, can you just wait a minute? She's on the way. I just called her. Whatever. They say, no, flight's leaving. Are you getting on or not? And he gets on and the flight leaves. They've been home for about a week, I guess, at the point of him asking the question to the Internet anonymously. And she says, or so he says that it's, it's a silent treatment situation. She is not happy. What do you think? I mean, have you ever been in a situation like that? Maybe it's a little too real for you. That's what it seems like in the comment section. I'm surprised. Guys, go travel together and be on time together. Figure it out. I'm talking on the phone with uh, with Debbie Hancock. Now, uh, Debbie, uh, you reached out to me, uh, and unfortunately, you, you had to start your email with uh, you know a story of some tragedy that personally happened to you to let me know about a fundraising effort that you've got going on. So let's start from the beginning. First of all, how are you today, and wh- what's the story here, Debbie? Uh, well, I am doing okay today. Uh, every day is a little bit of a struggle, um, but it's come to the time of the year where I like to advocate for Zoe, who was murdered in 2018. Um, Zoe was born and raised in Fort McMurray. The incident took place in Regina, so there's no hostile or negative negative feelings in Fort Mac. This is just all community and love. Um I have started up a fundraiser in hopes to get a bench up, a bench and a plaque up in her favorite park, Borealis, um, over down by the Sny, because that is where we spent, spent and spend so much of our time and energy. And I just wanted to spread the word to, um, if anyone wanted to donate or share or when the bench is up, just know that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spot for not just myself and my family, but for everybody in town here who may be going through what I'm going through, um, which is child loss. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, incredibly devastating. And I, you know, I, I'm so sorry to have heard about this story and to have learned uh, about the, the situation. Um, but of course, I support the the want for the bench and, and the fundraising for it. Um, and it's, uh, of course, you know, I think cathartic and something that, as you said, other people can absolutely relate to and, you know, maybe struggling privately, personally, quietly with themselves. It might be something that can, uh, you know, touch them in a way that might help in some way. Um, and honestly, I was surprised at the, how low of a cost it is to get a bench like this, a memorial um, bench place that's only $1,890. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too much or too much work. Um, so myself, as well as some of the smaller um, 
businesses in town have put together just a fundraiser just for those people who want to, you know, donate money. But I do mm-hmm. have a raffle going on with a bin full of goodies from all over uh, Fort Mac. So very grateful in that aspect. Yeah, a lot of uh, local companies donating to that as well. Um, so, uh, Debbie, how can people uh, take part in the fundraiser for the bench or, or get in on the raffle? Uh, raffle will be posted um, as of this upcoming Friday or Saturday, and they can reach out to my personal page. It's kind of all over Girl Gang, so I mean, like if you know a girl, if you know a girl in town, just <laughs> go on over to the Girl Gang. Yeah, absolutely understood. <laughs> um, all the links and all the information will be over there. And we've got a link to the uh, the uh, the fundraiser yeah. page as well up on our social media as well. So, uh, Debbie, I, I wish you all the best luck. And I, I, I can't imagine that there won't be a time in the future that I'm not seeing this bench down at Borealis Park. So it's just a matter of time. Fingers, fingers crossed that you will. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm, I'm so sorry to hear your story. Um, something that I'm sure, as we said, people can find some familiarity in. And, uh, and hopefully this helps do some healing for yourself and for, for more. I have to agree with you. Thursday. I get gassed just trying to swim like across the pool. You know what I mean? Uh, you, know, I, you know, I can do it. I can do it. But I wouldn't want to be swimming across no ocean, and that's just about what had to happen for a guy who was trying to cross it in a giant hamster wheel just recently. And apparently this isn't even this guy's first attempt. Might have even seen a headline about him. Uh, his name's uh, Reza Ray Bellucci. That's, a, that's just a name right there. But uh, he called it his hydropod, and uh, he kind of made a makeshift vessel that uh, really just kind of looks like a tube with some sort of paddly bits welded on to the very edges, a bunch of, you know, balloon-looking things, flotational devices sort of strapped in all over the place. Um, the Atlantic Ocean is a big ocean, as many people are fully aware of. But uh, he was attempting to cross it, and he was spotted by the U.S. Coast Guard as they were preparing for the Hurricane Franklin uh, hit, you know, at just late August into September. And, uh, you know, so they're going, this is not safe. First of all, this isn't a safe vessel in the first place, but it's not safe because, you know, hurricane preparations are going on. You got to watch out. Things might get a little choppy. Now, my first instinct when I read about this was like, let the man do what he wants to do. He's free. He's free in the world. But then I realized why he was arrested. I mean, they tried to come and talk to him and they're saying, hey, this uh, probably like isn't a good idea, but you got a registration for this vehicle? And he goes, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I lost it. Uh, ooh, not a good look, right? That's going to make people suspicious. Apparently, he tried to you know, threaten that there was a bomb and that he would blow the entire craft up if they tried to take him in and stop his journey across the ocean. He later admitted, no, there actually wasn't any bomb. After making the Coast Guard do calculations as to what possible radius this explosion could take place, it was a big deal, all right? <laughs> it was a silly, stupid, big, big deal. And unfortunately, you know, for his journey, he was taken in. Probably for the best, though. I don't know if it would have gone that well in the long run. <sighs> Sigh. Uh, but yeah, trying to cross the Atlantic Ocean in what's essentially a giant hamster wheel uh, sounds kind of cool. I don't know about that in practice. Not a great idea. But he did say, I'll never give up my dream. They stopped me four or five times, but I never give up. Well, we'll see. By the way, the kicker is, yeah, he's from Florida. The Rolling Stones have explained the name of their new album. 
His first full-length album in two decades. It comes out next month, and it's called Hackney Diamonds, which uh, myself and I think a lot of fans just kind of took at face value as, oh, well, they feel like they're diamonds, and maybe also it's a little self-deprecating. Despite their illustrious career, maybe they're feeling a little hackneyed these days. Uh, no, it's actually a lot more literal than that. Apparently, during a press conference at Hackney Empire, <laughs> there was uh, Jimmy Fallon hosting the, the, the press conference, hosting the forum, and he asked Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Ronnie Wood what the title of the album means. Richards basically just said, it called the Hackney Diamonds uh, because they were flinging ideas about titles and it went from hit and run to smash and grab, and between that, they came up with Hackney Diamonds, which is slang... For when you get your windscreen broken on a Saturday night in Hackney, UK, and all the bits go on the street, those are the Hackney Diamonds. I had no idea. Meanwhile, Noel Gallagher has been given a driving ban of six months, and uh, that's coming after multiple speeding tickets have gone on his record. He also says that he never really learned to drive in the first place. Uh, makes you wonder how the license happened. But then again, you drive around uh, here and you just have no idea where the licenses are coming from sometimes. It just seems to happen. And finally, Bruce Springsteen has been treated for peptic ulcer disease symptoms and unfortunately has has, has had to postpone every September show that he's had in the books. Uh, he says that they're heartbroken, the entire team, the whole band and everybody on the crew. However, they will be rescheduling. So keep the tickets. Why is the higher-than-average call volume always the average? Right? This happened to me just yesterday. I had to make two separate calls, uh, and uh, both of them. Uh, one to the bank, one to a service provider. Both same message. Yeah. Due to higher-than-normal call volume, you might have to wait a little bit longer before somebody says hi to you. Um, why don't you just raise what the average is and have more people to efficiently answer that average volume of calls is my question knowing knowing the answer deep down and you know what while we're at it can we get some higher quality hold music i, I don't even mean like the composition of said music i mean the signal of it give us a little bit more bit rate or something i don't know there's nothing better than listening to here let me get rid of the background listening to why for 28 minutes straight why and you know not that i'm complaining but in actual fact both of those calls yesterday with a higher than average call volume both got answered within like two minutes what was the volume at the system makes no sense friday why are planes so gross right now uh, yeah no let me clarify though why do we seem to be hearing more stories about gross things happening on planes lately? Um, you know, I cite the infamous diarrhea plane that's gotten so much attention lately, the Delta flight. Here are two big truths about the situation. One is that plane rides have always been kind of gross, or, you know, at least have always had the potential to be gross because humans have the potential to be gross, and sometimes it just can't be helped. You're stuck inside a tube with dozens of people for hours at a time. It's just a matter of statistics. It can, it does sometimes happen, especially when sympathy or chain reaction vomit starts to happen. But two, two, the vast, vast, vast majority of flights have zero issues like this going on. Just, you know, pack a change of clothes and you carry on. Freddie Mercury and the piano that he used to compose the song of all songs. The song that you're not allowed to say is your favorite 
Queen song because it's everybody's Queen song. Pick another one. Bohemian Rhapsody sold for 1.7 million pounds, as well as 15 pages of lyrics for the song uh, that sold for 1.3 million pounds. That's a total of 3 million pounds if you're doing the math yourself. Huge. This was Wednesday, uh, an auction of 1,500 pieces of the late singer's possessions, uh, you know, got uh, on the auction block and a ton, a ton of crazy, um, you know, uh, history of rock, history of music, history of the band itself was distributed to super fans and very rich collectors alike. Meanwhile, there's some beef between David Draymond of Disturbed as well as Elon Musk and the threat of X uh, to sue the Anti-Defamation League. If you don't know, the ADL is a civil rights group. They do a lot of campaigning against anti-Semitism, and they have accused Musk, or rather Musk and his X brand, of being responsible uh, for a lot of anti-Semitic... discourse going on and commentary going on. Uh, Elon Musk and X have said that they are going to be forced to sue for uh, loss of revenue with advertisers pulling out due to controversy, but saying that he is very pro-speech. However, anti-Semitism is uh, bad. He's against it of any kind. David Draymond's reaching out saying, hey, let's talk. You choose the medium, but we need to clear the air on both sides of this situation. Yeah, it's getting cold at night. It's getting crisp, you know, frosty even. And uh, anybody with a green thumb or at least attempting to have a green thumb knows that when it gets this cold, you know, you got to do some stuff. You got to do some preparations. Uh, remember, when I was a kid, putting the sheets out around the roots, keep them a little bit insulated, keep them a little bit warm. Um, and uh, there's uh, a chance for you to get some serious harvest in if you've got a, nice, a decent veggie garden going on this time of year. You know, you really get the big payoff. We used to have the most gigantic zucchinis that we would grow. And this time of year, you know, they would just come out of the ground gigantic. Uh, of course, we also had a basset hound at the time when I was growing up who, for some reason, was obsessed with digging those up and getting at them before we had a chance to put them on the table. But if you are having an excess of food that you're getting out of your your harvest, your bountiful cornucopia of fall goods, uh, well, you can actually share that and make a difference in the community. The Wood Buffalo Food Bank Association just made a post this week saying, hey, an invitation if you've got extra and you're thinking, I, I can't use this. What do I do with it? Trying to give it to friends, you know, and they're like, we got enough. We have enough of your potatoes and carrots. Um, you can donate them. You can absolutely donate them. They say they would be thrilled to accept the generous donation uh, and knowing that your homegrown bounty could nourish families and individuals in need. I mean, could be the reason that you want to do the donation. It's easy as well. Just simply drop off, drop off the fresh produce at the Wood Buffalo Food Bank during their operating hours. Maybe not so much, you know, late night so it can just sit there overnight. That's not a good plan. But their dedicated team say that they are ensuring that it reaches those who need it most. And your generosity is not going to go unnoticed. I think that would be such a cool way to uh, use up, to allow that extra stuff to get eaten, enjoyed, and to nourish some people as well. Transmission over. One more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday, or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.